it's like God guiding me. And some, most of the time I'm kicking and screaming like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. That's so uncomfortable. Why do you want me to do that? But then I relax and then I see, you know what? You were right. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and I'm so glad you're able to join us. My next guest, she is a first-generation American and is making the most of it. Through hard work, determination, a lot of faith, and a never-give-up attitude, she's on a mission to motivate and inspire people to trust God and follow their dreams. And her goal is to create an impact through teaching and mentoring others on how to achieve financial freedom while building generational wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner and CEO of a realty group that bears her name, Deba Douglas. And this is her revelation. Well, how are you doing, Deba? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and blessed to be on the show today. Well, I am just as honored and just as blessed to have you as a guest. And uh, just don't don't mind all of the, uh, uh, the the things that's around you. Just kick back and relax because you're right at home. And speaking of being right at home, I want you to feel as though this is a way to open up. And how we do this, we always open the way to our first-time guests. Now, with Open the Way, conversation starts when vulnerability enters the room. So, as I said in your intro, you are a first-generation American. Now, where are your family's roots, and where were you born? Uh, in America or where your family's roots are? Yes, yeah, so my family roots are from Nigeria in a state called Edo State. And I was actually out of my three other siblings, the only one that was born in Nigeria. And I'm like smack in the middle, like the middle child. So I was born in Nigeria. Uh, my parents went to visit family at that time and they decided to stay for a couple more years. And that's when I was born. And I lived in Nigeria after that for about two or three years. And then we came back to the States um, when I was very, very young. Mm, okay. You said middle child, right? 
Yes. And I will tell you, looking at it now, because I now have a middle child, that Mm. middle child syndrome is real. And I think I just realized (laughs) that I had it too. Mm. So I can really bear and understand my siblings a lot better now. (laughs) Ah, So you're saying you actually understand your second oldest uh, child, I won't say better than the other two, but you have a, you have a I guess you could say a unique tie to that one because of that reason. I uh, absolutely, I can definitely understand where he's kind of like awkwardly placed. Not sure. I'm not the middle child, and I'm not the la- I mean, I'm not the first child. I'm not the last. I'm somewhere in the middle, but I still want people to see me and remember me and hear me. Oh. So I definitely get it. So I try to make an extra effort to give him his own mommy and me time. Nice. Nice, nice. Glad that you actually are aware uh, that certain things might not be there, but certain things can be, and you place it there because of the experiences you had. Yes. Great. Okay, so what were the things stressed in your home as you were growing up? Let's see. Education was incredibly stressed of go to college, do what you need to do, um, make sure teachers are not calling me, complaining, making sure that you are ultimately um, respectful to all of your elders. That was something that was really big. Um, Both of my parents were entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, so they had their own business. So that was something that we were part of that, making sure that, you know, their business was successful. Um, So we were able to see a lot of hard work, a lot of it's all on them. They, you know, things have to happen. If not, then we won't have the money to take care of the family. So seeing them go through a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication and just do or die, like doing what they have to do to be successful. I think that all, you know, that was part of my journey of seeing that. And so it's naturally for me of I'm always a hard worker. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Someone is always going to give me that compliment of like, you're such a hard worker. You're really willing to just go above and beyond. And you, if you know me, you know, I minimize excuses. No one wants to hear it. No one cares about it. Get the job done. Oh, totally understand that. And entrepreneurial spirit at a young age. Not surprised. Okay, cool. All right. I'm I'm sorry. Never mind me. I was actually writing notes as I'm still (laughs) researching the stuff about you. Uh, So uh, your family eventually settled in Texas, but uh, is that where they originally settled? When came yes. Okay. Yes. They originally settled in Texas in the Dallas Fort Worth area, mainly more Dallas. Um, and I have, you know, an older sister, an older brother, and then I have a younger brother. But we all kind of just gelled together. It was like one unit. We did everything together, supported each other. So yeah, just really in that Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. So uh what was it about uh the Metroplex area? Uh, that made your family decide to call it home? I want to say just the influx of um, the economy and a lot of work. So both of my parents were in the um, commercial janitorial business. So because that had several big businesses, big, it was lucrative, it was always a good way that they could get bids and contracts for big businesses. Um, they had contracts for large dealerships, big commercial buildings. So because it was the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, maybe one of the contracts may have expired, but it was easy for them to pick up another contract. Hmm. 
well, okay, we have that in common because my father was heavily into the janitorial business as well. And, uh, and I would see him draw up contracts of how, uh, how to deal with square footage and, and all of that type of stuff. And, uh, yeah. I would see him to the wee hours of the morning <laughs> having, yes, to, yes. having to plant and plot all of that out. So, yeah. Wow. A okay. Crazy story. I remember telling myself like when, you know, workers may not go to work that day and my parents were, okay, guys, we got to go to work. So that means the kids would follow with my parents to go to work and clean um, different, you know, maybe it's a dealership, whatever it may be. <laughs> and I remember telling myself, and I, I'm sure I probably was like maybe 10 or 12. I don't know. Mm. Like, I do not want to do this when I grow up. I just want to get a regular job and I want to be able to work from nine to five. And really the reason was I just wanted to watch shows at seven o'clock. <laughs> I remember going back to school and people would talk about, did you watch that show last night? Did you see that video? And I would be like, no, I didn't see it. And felt like I was missing out on so much. And so literally when I went to college, I was like, I just want a regular job like everybody else with regular benefits. <laughs> oh my gosh okay so you just basically described my high school life <laughs> <laughs> because yeah all throughout high school i would work with my father so yeah uh yeah and it was for two reasons one to know what hard work means and two to not end up there so yeah <laughs> lesson thankfully learned right <laughs> so absolutely I totally, I totally get that wow all right Talk about a small world. All right. So you seem to be a woman of many interests. So when you were young, what were your hobbies? Let's see. I loved reading books. Um, I loved, I was athletic. So I ran track in middle school, high school. And then I was blessed with the opportunity to run track at the collegiate level on a full scholarship um, to Tarleton State. Um, so really just attending church. I was really involved with my um, youth church um, growing up. I would always go to youth camp. I would always like do things that was part of God, not knowing. I feel like maybe, maybe my mom pushed me a little bit, but mm. there I was able to connect and really meet God and see God for who he is for my life. And not just this God that we have to go to church on Sunday with the family. So that was a big plus for me. And then running track and using God as like a, I need God to give me strength to go through this track meet that really helped build that relationship of knowing who God is and who he is in my life. Mm. Wow. So you had that understanding before you were an adult. Wow. Now that, that is quite impressive. That's yeah. quite impressive. And we will definitely get into, uh, how important faith is in your life definitely later in this conversation but it is definitely interesting to hear that it was a tent pole early mm -hmm. absolutely and what's crazy now that i'm just thinking about it i remember like before track practice in high school i would remember i would get all the girls together and say okay it's about to be a hard practice let's pray for god to give us strength before we did practice so little things like that i'm just kind of connecting like those were just little seeds and little things that God was planting in me to just renew my strength to be who I am now where I'm like I have to give him all the glory
Deborah Douglas on Revelations. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Doc, and H Rap B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where H Rap B always predicts. If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God. Live every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Discouragement. Sorrow. Distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn. But there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce. And you can claim it today. Get over divorce where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. Former teacher, former administrator, and now entrepreneur, Deba Douglas joins me on Revelations. She has opened the way and she opened the way so gracefully and now it is time for us to walk across that bridge to prosperity now at bridge of prosperity we link childhood lessons to adult applications so uh, let's go to college. So you you said that your family was in the Metroplex. However, Lamar University is nowhere near the Metroplex. So what made you decide to, to go south? So, yes, I ended up going to I went to Lamar for my graduate degree, but Tarleton for my undergrad. Okay. And yes, Tarleton was like two hours away in West Texas. Literally nothing was out there like nothing. <laughs> Um, but for me being in a household that was, you know, multiple children, my parents did not have a lot of money to pay for college for each individual. So being that middle child, you're always trying to get out of the way and Mm -hmm. minimize the, the stress on your parents. So my ultimate goal was like, okay, I got to run track. I found a goal. I found something I'm really good at. So let me try to get a track scholarship for So I was able to get a full four-year scholarship at Tarleton State, and I liked it because they were going to focus on my academics, and it wasn't really focusing on track, even though I did love track, but I didn't want to be burdened with, I need to make sure I run this certain race at this certain time every year. So it was a good competitive school for track. I was able to become a two-time All-American, but I was able to truly focus on my academics to get that degree. Hmm. Okay, well, let's stay there for a sec. 
All right, so Tarleton State. Uh, were there any, and you might, might, may, might not be, uh, Olympic aspirations with your track, uh, track time? I will say early on, um, probably my freshman, sophomore year, I did think of, you know what, I could probably really focus on and to bear down and really focus and become an Olympian. Um, But I think I didn't run. I don't think I was as dedicated to really Mm -hmm. pursuing that goal. I think my ultimate goal was to make sure that, and unfortunately being in a household where you do see entrepreneurs, but you see the up and down roller coaster of income, I really was looking for security and stability. And I knew that getting a degree, I would be able to get a job that would be safe and secure. So I was chasing safety. Ah, you nailed exactly what I wanted <laughs> you to say. Because we talked about an open way education being important to you and important to your parents, obviously. And uh, also considering your direction now and the, the and the trajectory that your life took and the fact that you said that you wanted the edu- you wanted the education that you would gather to be safety for you you decided to go into the education field so what type of teacher did you envision in becoming once you went through the process of college and then later on your graduate degree yeah i wanted to be a teacher that empowered the kids to be who they wanted to be i felt like I had great teachers that kind of molded me, guided me, and helped me figure out what I was supposed to be. Being a first-year generation American, your parents are telling you, go to school, do these things, but they don't really know the way because they are not used to the American system. Mm -hmm. So not really knowing, like your parents are telling you to do these things, but they're not giving you the steps or the tools or the exposure to know how to do it. But I had really great teachers that would take time to love on me, support me, guide me. I even had a teacher that would, um, my couple of years before I graduated, I was interested in going to a couple of different college visits. My parents were working like crazy. So that coach decided that, you know what, Deba, during the summer, I'm going to take you. We're going to just do a road trip. We'll spend a couple of days there. We'll walk the campus. I'll introduce you to a couple of people. And so that really, you know, put a huge impression on me of people going above and and beyond to help me. So when I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into education, I wanted to do the same thing and really love on kids, support kids, be stern and keep them accountable, but know that I'm a place that they can share their heart's desires and I will love on them and guide them and give them all the resources I have to help them achieve those. So what other lessons did you learn? And it could be what it could be whatever uh, field or part of life. Did you learn while you were attending college? I learned that I had to find my own way. So originally when I um, started college, my original major was nursing. And my sister was a nurse. So I was like, you know what? I want to be a nurse just like my big sister. You know, I looked up to her like she was everything. And so I went through a couple of semesters in the nursing program. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point that I was like, I'm forcing myself to go to clinicals. I'm forcing myself to do things that I just really don't care to do. And if you ever met, you know, been in a Nigerian household, you know that your parents and what they want you to be and who they want you to be is something that is strongly um, pursued. 
because as kids, we want to mm. make sure we take care of our, we want to make our parents proud. Right. And so in most Nigerian households, their parents are going to be telling their kids, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a nurse. I want you to be an engineer. And those were all the same in my house, nothing different. And I decided, you know what? My parents are going to be so proud. I'm going to be a nurse just like my sister. And, you know, all these great things are going to happen. I get into the nursing program and it's like four o'clock in the morning. We got to get up and we got to go cross town to the hospital, which I'm like, okay. And then we have to do it over and over again. And I was just so down and out. And I'm a person that would get up early, do what I need to do. I was like oversleeping. I wasn't getting up. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Um, I realized then, you know what? I don't want to do this. And having to call your parents and tell them, you know what? I don't think this major is for me. Terrified. So I told myself, I'm going to do it. I went home that weekend. I'm going to tell them on Monday. So at least I have the entire week to deal and they have the entire week to deal with it. So if I do go home the next weekend, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So I remember telling my parents and you know, my dad took it. Okay. He was like, okay, well, you just got to figure out what's your, what are you going to do? What is your major going to be? Right. My mom was a little bit like, so what have you been doing this whole time? What are you doing? This is crazy. <laughs> I just think you need to just stop all your friends, stop hanging around, stop doing all these different things. And you need to just buckle down and study. You're just not studying enough. You're just not, you just got to force yourself through it. And so having to go against the grain of whatever your parents are telling you, that was the hardest thing for me because I kind of spent the rest of like two or three weeks just kind of going back and forth. Like, I just want to withdraw from these courses. I want to focus and try to see what else I want to do with my life. But while I was doing the nursing program, I always yearned to be outside. I remember looking outside like, you know what? I just want to be outside. I love the weather. I love being outside. But Hmm. what am I going to do outside? So then the blessing is, and if you are in this situation and you're listening to this, go to your academic services on your campus because they have a tons of tools, tons of assessments that you can do to figure out what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and guide you on a career choice that is similar to your strengths so that will complement what you do. So that was very helpful for me. And so that's where I found education. I love talking to kids. I love supporting kids. I love helping. And that was like a nice trajectory to help me get into the education field. Mm. Yeah. And I can see why you would, well, just in how you prepared yourself, I can say how you fit into the industry. I can totally understand that. All right. So you traveled to West Texas to get your undergrad. You traveled to South Texas to get your, your graduate degree. But why did Dallas call you back home? Well, I met this wonderful guy at my last year or so in college, and he was from the Fort Worth area. Um, and he played football at Tarleton while I ran track and he was working. He had already graduated and he was working in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And so I was like, I want to be with him. I mean, and, you know, 13 years later, or I guess 15 years later, we're married and have three kids. And it's I've never looked back and we call DFW our home forever. Mm. Oh, look at that glow. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm 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 loving it for you.
more with Deborah Douglas when we get back. Alicia. You can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want mm-hmm. and what you're needing from that. Mika. If you're not communicating expectations, you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt. Nicole. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together. Ivan. You got to be willing to work through stuff. And from the jump street, y'all done had problems. Maybe you don't need to be working through those. BS3 Network proudly presents Queen 3 and King Podcast. Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 network that has only four words to say to you. With AJ, powered by JME. Live weekdays at noon central. The CEO of Deba Douglas Realty Group, Deba Douglas is joining me on Revelations. I am so glad that you have made uh, some time to join me. And uh, we have you have opened the way wonderfully. We've walked across that bridge together, and now it is time to dig behind a purpose. Now, with Behind a Purpose, it is the reason why we function the way we do. What area in uh, administration did you end up landing when you got to Plano? Yes. So my first year as an administrator, I was able to go to Williams High School. And in Plano is a little bit different because their high school is like ninth and 10th grade. And then students go to a different campus for senior high. So I was blessed to go to the ninth and 10th grade um, campus and I was an assistant principal there. Okay. So you were a principal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or assistant principal. Uh, Did you, did you become a principal? You know, that was the turning point for me. Um, At that time, I stayed at Williams for about three or four years. And then um, I ended up having another child. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, Ah. I'm never home. So maybe if I go (laughs) to the middle school, they get out of school a little bit earlier, they Mm -hmm. start a little bit earlier, but maybe I can get a little bit better, you know, home and work life balance. 
So I decided to go over to the middle school. I stayed, I was there for about two years. Um, During that time, I did interview for principal positions. And the last time I interviewed for the principal position, I remember prepping the night before and getting everything together and In that moment, I was like, I don't even want to do this. I see how stressful my principal is. I see that she's there's not a whole lot of power that she really has to make true change. If a parent complains, then she has to kind of back back and say, okay, we'll go ahead and give you whatever you were, you know, you're wanting. Um, you see that the teachers are kind of against you as the principal, as the admit, as the assistant principal, they come to you and they're like, Hey, these are the issues, but they won't share that with the principal. Right. And so as I'm looking around, I'm seeing my principal and I absolutely adored her. I really, really respected her for everything that she did for the campus. And then I'm looking at the higher ups and in central office. And I was like, I have no, no desire to move up. And so I'm in this place stuck that I'm like, Mm. I don't want to move up. I really don't like this day-to-day world. I'm raising everyone else's kids except mine. Mm -hmm. Something has to give. During that time, you know, we're still going to church. We're still doing, you know, our normal things in the world. Mm -hmm. But I immediately, I started changing my prayers. And my prayers were more like, God, use me wherever you see fit. I don't know where you want me to go. I don't know what you want me to do, but I just want to be a vessel for you. And I had to release the, 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 the mindset of God is out. God doesn't want you to have abundance. I, in my mind, I didn't think God wanted you to have abundance. I Mm. want, I felt like God just wanted you to be happy and be okay. And then I started realizing that God wants the best for you and he wants you to be happy in every aspect of your life. And so continue reading that prayer, started seeking God even more. That's when I started seeing that I'm not happy. This is not what God called me to do and start praying that prayer of, well, open my eyes to what you want me to do. Guide me to what you want me to be able to do. All I want to do is do your will and just give you the glory. Mm. And that was uh, a, a lesson in maturity, my in spiritual maturity that I needed to. Uh, because I was thinking, well, okay, so I'm walking, I'm walking through this life, you know, I'm, you know, I know that, I know that I'm God's and everything is fine, but I, but I guess God just wants me to be happy, and yeah, I had to change my thinking, mm-hmm. and say, no, 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 no. You're reading all these scriptures saying that you were supposed to have abundance because He is a God of abundance. Yes. What is wrong with you, Cole? So, <laughs> yeah. So I totally understand how I how you had to shift because I had to do the same type of shift too. Ah, oh yeah, we definitely get to that in a minute. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I felt good there. Uh, so you said that you taught track and you taught volleyball. So how were you able to bring the classroom into the sporting field? Well, I felt like I was able to do that because I can connect with people easily. I am really big on listening. That was one thing my kids would always say, like, you actually listen. And because I listen, I want to make sure that their environment and their learning experience is successful. So I remember like the first day of class, I would ask all the kids, like, what's your favorite music? What are the things you like to do, you know, outside of school? So for the remainder of that year, when we would do classroom work, I would play one of the songs or one of the artists that 
edited, of course, that the students mm-hmm. liked because I wanted to create an environment that, again, it is about you and it's about your focus. Like I could play my music all day, but who cares? I can play my music at any time. And as students, when do anyone really listen to them? When does anyone ever take the time to really hear them and understand them? So I would be very intentional and I would bring up questions about whoever they said they enjoy, whatever their celebrity person was, I would always make sure I can tie that in. And if I didn't know the celebrity, I would do my research to find information about them and try to find a way to make it relevant and relatable for them. You start to ask God for a different direction. So what made you get involved in real estate? So it's kind of a three-tier situation. A lot was going on in my life at that time. But I remember one summer, you know, I had some downtime. I happened to just go to our office and we had this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I still don't know how long we've had it or how long it's been in our office. But for some reason that day, something led me to read that book. I'm reading the book and it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really changed my mindset in that book, there's tons of gems in that book. So if you haven't read it, please read it. But one of them was there is a diagram in the book that talks about assets and liabilities. So assets are things that you can purchase and you can acquire. It's going to continue to make money for you. Liabilities is literally money that things you buy that are never worth what you initially bought them for. So I'm thinking, you know what? I've done the right things in life. I went to school. I did exactly what society tells us to do. So I'm like, I'm excited about this activity because I'm one of those like I do everything right or think I do. So I'm writing this down. I'm like, well, you know, I I have a really nice car. I know that's worth something, but there's a car note and I don't own it outright. So that's a liability. And then I'm thinking, well, I have a lot of these beautiful leather purses. I know they're worth more than what I purchased them. No, that's a liability as well. So I'm going through this and I'm writing a lot more liabilities and I don't have anything on the asset column. That was big. And that was like a true reflection of this is where my life is. And if I continue on this trajectory, I won't have anything to give to my kids. That hurts and that stings. And it it stung so much to me that I literally told my husband, okay, we got to do some things differently. We want to be able to leave a legacy, leave something for our kids. But the way that we're headed, all we're going to leave is debt to them. And that's not what I signed up for. I want to be able to leave something to them that they are now standing on my shoulders instead of just now I gave them more burden after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. So we immediately started learning more about real estate. During that time, I'm thinking, you know, my dad ended up having a stroke. You know, one of the worst things that's happened to our family, but ended up being the biggest blessing. When he had the stroke, he was unable to move from, you know, move his whole right side. Right. So again, it's four, four of us total because at that time I was pregnant with my second child. I was the one that was like taking him from his doctor's visits, going through rehab. And I also took over his financial side. He had one rental property, which happened to be the house we grew up in. They kept it when they moved to another house. That one house was already paid off or close to being paid off 
that it ultimately was what helped him and my mom continue to live the life that they live today without my siblings always, you know, expecting to give them money. And so that was an eye opener for me. I'm like, oh my goodness, he just had one. Mm-hmm. And it was able to change everything for them. And it was a, they still were able to live the way they lived, even now that he's not able to work. So oh. then it's like, oh my gosh, another little, you know, another bright idea. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, I'm still preaching. I'm still, you know, going to church. I'm still praying. Mm-hmm. And during praise and worship, one random Sunday, I hear God say real estate. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, as soon as he says real estate, I'm kind of mad because I'm like, there's a ton of stuff you can do in real estate. What do you want me to do in real estate? Do I do commercial? Do I do investing? What do I do? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like, okay, he said real estate, let's just keep going. And all of those three things kind of happened around the same time. Mm -hmm. So it helped my husband and I decide, let's save our money so we can buy our first rental property. And so in 2017, we ended up buying our first duplex um, in the Fort Worth area. Um, and that literally changed everything at that point of buying that first duplex. If you were to talk about your walk with Christ, how would you describe it? I'm like, it's like God guiding me and some most of the time I'm kicking and screaming like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. That's so uncomfortable. Why do you want me to do that? But then I relax and then I see, you know what? You were right. So that being that Aries, I am very stubborn. I am very hard headed, but God continues to use me. And now I'm at a place where I don't really stress out about the next step or the next journey. I tell people that I feel like I'm just walking in the dark and God's holding me through it and I don't stress. And if he's going to guide me and he is going to order my steps, then I'm in the right place. And whoever I need to be connected to, he will open those doors for me. So I'd never try to force anything anymore. I just say, you know what, God, you have shown me what you can do. And one scripture that I'm always, you know, in my mind reciting is Ephesians um, 3.20 which God will open up the doors. He will do things that you could, there are more than you could ever imagine or think. And that's what he has done in my life of me going into real estate, you know, four, four, four years later, we have over 20 plus properties. We now buy land, we build houses. We're able to give back to the community in ways that I've never been able to do. I'm a realtor and now I have a team of agents, which is something I would have never even thought was even possible to have people follow me and be encouraged by me. Um, I also teach people how to get into real estate investing, getting their first flip, getting their first rental property, all of these different things in real estate that I never even thought were even inside of me. And so now I just, I just trust God relentlessly. Return more with Deborah Douglas. 
This is Revelations. Of course, Steph Curry. Tim Anderson. Jordan Alvarez. And it's caught. Debo Samuel with the catch. Michael Jordan can sense. The throw just got the king. BS3 Network. The hottest of hot takes. The coldest of cold hard facts. This is Snowman in the Morning with Gold Johnson. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. What do you get when you watch or listen to the Life Happens podcast? Well, I'll let them tell you. Kim and I are both ministers of the gospel, and Life Happens podcast is a beautiful balance by simply taking our spirituality with real life and merging it together to create a beautiful balance. And that's what we do. BS3 Network proudly presents Life Happens podcast, where Christianity and life intersect live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today. Former school educator, current educator. <laughs> entrepreneur and real estate guru in the making if not already now deborah douglas joins me here on revelations you have gracefully opened the way we've walked across that bridge you have definitely give us given us the reason why you are the way you are and now it's time to bring all of that to light Now, all of us shine in a unique way. You are definitely of no exception. And you talked earlier about how entrepreneurship was something that was, I won't say stress, but it's something you were exposed to when you were younger. Uh, how did you have to grow into becoming one, an entrepreneur, I should say? It starts with your mind. It is about the people you are around. One thing I can say is I became an investor in my mind way before I bought my first property. And a lot of it has to do with my husband, believe it or not. Like he saw entrepreneur in me years ago. And I would say, no, I don't want to do that. I remember the stress my parents went through and he would always tell me like the reason why you get so frustrated in education, because that's not where God wants you to be. He wants you to try to go into getting your own business and you chasing that. And he would pour into me, especially during that, you know, that crazy time of like, I really don't like my job. I don't know what else I'm going to do. 
I know we need the income, but he would constantly pour into me. And you need someone like that, that can see what you're capable of doing and see the vision way before you can even see it. And with him dropping those seeds and planting those seeds for me, I started seeing it for myself. And once I started seeing it for myself and I had the, um, the love and support from him, that's what guided me to say, you know what? I can jump. My husband has my back. He's going to, you know, take care of things. He'll let me just kind of figure this thing out and having the right mindset. Like we would always talk about the different podcasts. We would talk about real estate as much as possible as one unit because real estate is risky. Like we could buy a property today and, you know, it may not be worth what we expected it to be two or three years later. And he always gave me the grace of saying, you know, let's try this. And he would say, yes, let's do it. And there was never, if things didn't go right, he would never point it back in my face and say, well, you're the reason why we did this. He never did that. It was always like, hey, we're in this together. We're going to figure this out together. So that transition is definitely who you're around and the mindset. What is real estate investing and how how can anyone profit from making a life out of being a real estate investor? Yes. So real estate investing ideally is buying a property at a very low price or buying land at a very low price and that you are now the investor that you are putting up your funds to update the house or you're building the house. And then at the end, you sell it for a higher price point or you keep it as a rental and you have creative ways of getting all your money back. And now you're making cash flow from the flip or you're making cash flow monthly from the rentals. So we do a little bit of both where we are flipping properties and we're buying land and building properties. And we also will update properties, maybe add a bedroom, add a bathroom, keep it as a rental property and make cash flow from that monthly. Hmm. I've always wanted to ask somebody who actually did this, uh, which do you like more, uh, flipping houses or being a person who rents out properties to others who may need to have a place to stay? Well, I love being a landlord. One reason I do is because I don't have to answer to anyone else if I decide to place them in the homes. It's ultimately my my choice and it's my decision. And again, I because my parents were entrepreneurs of just like, hey, it stops at me. The buck stops with me. I love that that opportunity. I love being able to see, hey, they're just a need. They're in a need right now. They're in a season of their life that they need a rental. Maybe one day they'll be able to buy a house. But in the meantime, if they're one of our tenants that are living in one of our homes, I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel supported. I want them to know that if anything um, is having issues or we need any maintenance requests, I will immediately fix it. Um, because I am an educator, I'm always trying to push education to my tenants that if they do have young children, they send me their report cards. We're willing to give a discount on the rent for the upcoming month because the only way you really can change the trajectory for families is to get parents involved. We want kids to go to college. We want them to do all these great things. But sometimes we got to make sure that the parents understand the true value of it because they're so busy working. But if I can hit them with the money and say, hey, if you send me a report card and the kid is making A's and B's, we're going to deduct, I don't know, $15, $20 from the rent. 
the parents are going to be more inclined during the month to say, hey, did you do your homework? Did you do this? Because that's going to help me reduce my rent. And anything goes a long way. So those are just little things that we try to do to, yes, we're different. We're different because there's not a lot of African-American landlords out there. True. And there's not a lot of people that are willing to go above and beyond and don't and not only see it. Yes, it's a business for us. We do want to make some money, but we're not greedy. And if I can help my tenant change the trajectory for their son, their daughter, then that's what I'm here for. So when was the moment Deborah Douglas Realty Group born? When was that moment? And when did it become the present vehicle that you now uh, currently, well, I guess you can say enjoy, enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. So the Deborah Douglas Realty Group was created in 2020. And um, I was a realtor for about a year and a half and I was very successful. My first year I sold over 42 homes, but I was literally like, I cannot do this by myself. And I really wanted to help other realtors understand like you too can make six figures your first year. Don't let anyone put a cap on you. Leaving education because education has so many limits and so many caps. I was like, if whatever else I'm going to do, there's not going to be any limits. And I continue to listen to praise and worship music that talks about take the limits off, take the limits off. So I was thinking, you know, if I create the Deborah Douglas Realty Group, I can have other agents with me and I can guide them and show them the same thing I did for them to also be successful in real estate. And so that was kind of the reason why I wanted to create it. And I went back and forth with different names and, you know, what it should be called. And one reason I created it, created the Deborah Douglas Realty Group was because I needed to build my personal confidence in myself because even being a realtor, me selling 42 homes, I still dealt with some lack of confidence of, hey, this is just luck or, hey, this is just because the market is really good. So I wanted to create it with my name so that I could see that every day. I could see my sign everywhere with not just my name on it, with other agents on there to really build one, my confidence, but ultimately give me my value that I've lacked for so many years. And now that I see that and I see so many people that are like, oh my gosh, you're doing so great. And it's not for me. It's more or less for me to say, that's nothing but God. And God has opened the doors and showed me who I am and what my true value is. So now I don't discredit myself. I don't dumb down due to the environment. I set myself up. I have high expectations. I don't limit myself. I don't, I'm not around people that I know will not celebrate me. And for years I would just be around because I'm thinking I need friends or I need people around me. All of those things were what I needed for myself to know that you're here, take up space, be bold, be courageous, because God has called you for such a time as this. So go after every dream that God has placed in your heart because it is your season. What is the ultimate real estate investing program? That is my program. And that is something that I have really taken a lot of time and energy to create because I want to show other people how to create their own money. 
And so in this program, it is a nine-week program that I show you every step of becoming a real estate agent, becoming a real estate investor. I share with you strategies like wholesaling, house hacking, doing the birth strategy, which is where you're able to buy a property turn it into a rental, and then still get all your money back within a short three to five months. I also show you the step-by-step of how to flip houses. So if you've ever been on the fence of like, I want to get into real estate investing, I'm not really sure how to do it. This course is for you. I have mentees right now that are flipping houses, turning homes into rental properties, and they are making anywhere from thirty to 60000 if not more, on, on one transaction. I give you all the tools. You have full access to me during your nine-week course where I meet with you weekly to go over any cor- any questions you have, clarify the course for you. You also have access to a private Facebook group where other mentees are in the group talking about their flip. Um, depending on where you are locally, you may be able to meet me at one of my flips that I'm working on or one of my rental properties that I'm working on. But I'm here to literally give you everything that I've had to learn over the course of these several years and not having to pay top dollar. But I want to really make this where I'm able to get into people that, hey, you have a nine to five, but you're tired of your job. You want to find a way to make another lucrative salary or lucrative amount of money for your family, but also be able to change the trajectory for your family by having rental properties, getting into flipping. And it doesn't matter where you are in the nation, flipping, getting rental properties, that is the key to building your wealth is having real estate. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman of God just dropped the mic. (laughs) Gosh, thank you so much. Wow. The CEO of Deba Douglas Realty Group, Deba Douglas, joining me on Revelations. And this is the time where we go plug tuning. Yeah, it's in honor of De La Soul. And this is when the guest gets to do whatever he, in this case, it would be she, wants to tell the world what they want them to know. And they have carte blanche and all the time necessary to do it. So, I will say this, Deba, the floor is yours. Thank you so, so much. What I want you to know is that whatever dream, whatever God has placed in your heart for you to do, he needs you to do it. It's on your heart because it's on his heart. Yes, you may be scared. Yes, you may be like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if it's in me. I don't have enough money to do it. Chase your dreams because God has given it to you and he didn't give it to you for you to be selfish. He gave it to you because he needs you to step into your own so you can change the lives around other people around you. So with whatever I have went through and everything that I've gone through, good, bad and ugly, everything in between, it was well worth it. And what I tell other people is to jump, go after your goals, go after your dreams because God has called you for this. And if you're ever in any real estate needs, reach out to me.
Mm. Wow. I am blown away by this wonderful guest. Uh, educator, entrepreneur, all around one wonderful woman of God, the CEO of Deborah Douglas Realty Group and Douglas Dwellings, LLC. Deborah Deb, uh, Douglas. See, when you say Deborah, <laughs> Lord said, no, 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 not R. <laughs> I said R. <laughs> Deborah Douglas. Thank you, Deborah. This was a wonderful time. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Education doesn't stop as soon as we no longer attend school. For an educator who thought being in the field was her golden ticket, she got a wonderful awakening and is proud of it. When you think about paths in life, most never will tell you about your purpose. Once we discover it, we are like moths to a flame. For Deborah Douglas, she is the moth and real estate the flame. The Bible says, many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Deborah taught me that if you open your heart wide enough and expand your mind far enough, you will get blessings from heaven I won't have room enough to receive. If that purpose blesses others, it ultimately blesses you. Deborah's presence has definitely blessed me. Many thanks to Deborah Douglas for giving us her perspective on life. And why don't you join us every single Tuesday on YouTube, where you will see a different person being interviewed each and every week. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to Acast and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Inspired.